Welcome to a podcast with Aaron Schultz. Men's mental health matters. Live life with an outback mind. Thank you very much for joining in today, episode 220. A very important conversation uh, with Mr. Ben Jones. We're going to be talking about uh, life as a single father, um, which I suppose a lot of us are, and uh, a lot of people that listen to this podcast are. So when we get into relationships, we think they're going to be great and uh, successful for life, but quite often they, uh, they don't uh, turn out that way. You know, ben has uh, two twin girls. Uh, him and his partner separated a couple of years ago, so he's had an interesting couple of years being able to, um, I suppose, navigate his way through living away from his children and, uh, and you know, trying to be uh, a good father and a good presence in their life. Um, while he's been apart uh, from his partner and uh, going through the emotions of, uh, of being a single dad. And um, as I mentioned, a lot of us are, and I'm one of them. And um, yeah, it's, it's quite tricky. I don't believe there's enough support for us uh, in general. Uh, we need to be able to do more to be able to help uh, single fathers for the benefit of the kids. There's a lot of kids that... Uh, experience quite a bit of trauma early on in their life, you know, between zero and five. And if that um, can be uh, helped and fixed, then their lives are going to be a lot more successful, I believe. Uh, so, you know, it's a pretty important chat we're going to have today, Ben and I, about uh, this particular uh, topic, you know, what he's been through as an individual and what he thinks could possibly change in the future to be able to help more men uh, to be able to be able to be mentally well and become, uh, I suppose, a good uh, part of their kid's life and also a good uh, individual within themselves. So really important stuff. I just want to um, uh, yeah, thank Ben for joining me and uh, appreciate you being here with me, mate. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for that um, introduction to Aaron. Yeah, no really excited to, to speak my perspective on this and hopefully if it um, potentially saves one uh, single father from, um, yeah, 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 not being here, then hopefully then, yeah, we've done the right thing. So. Yeah, it's interesting. We've gone deep pretty quickly, but there was a local father recently in the area here that took his own life because there was issues with... Uh, with his, his kids, is that right? Yeah, yeah, and it, you know, obviously it struck home with me because um, he was going through um, this, a similar sort of scenario in terms of, um, you know, the other party not giving access um, to, uh, yeah, to his children and not being able to contact them and see them. And um, yeah, I feel like the, the discussion needs to open up around um, you know what's right, what's wrong, and um, where we can, you know, show up as better, you know, men and and people in the community, and uh, and if there's anything that we need to work on ourselves, um, you know that that you talked about the formative years, uh, you know, zero to five, and that, and um, sometimes it even stretches further into seven and eight, if uh, you know if if there's anything from our life and childhood that you know, happened in those years, uh, if, if we need to look at that um, in terms of, 
you know, resolving those issues or conflicts, traumas within ourselves so that we can show up as better men for the community and for our children and um, taking really uh, an ownership perspective on uh, noticing it potentially happening um, to your own children through the, uh, through the acts of others. Um, and, you know, the, the protector comes out in the father. It's like, right, I've, I've been through, you know, X, Y, and Z trauma as a kid. Um, and, you know, I've dealt with that in a certain way and I've got tools and modalities and I play the didgeridoo to, mm. to be able to, to come back to centre originally. But um, mm. if we can, if we, you know, they say prote- prevention is better than cure. So if we can prevent that in the children rather than, you know, trying to look at curing that in the future, then that's, you know, that's kind of what I am uh, want to aim for in this discussion. Yeah, yeah awesome, mate. Really grateful for uh, for this uh, chat because we haven't really touched on this one too much in the 220 episodes we've done, you know. So, um, so that particular individual uh, that took his own life here recently, uh, obviously couldn't see his kids, got frustrated, um, you know, he was trying his hardest to, uh, to see his kids, couldn't see them, and all of a sudden uh, got to a point where he thought life was better off without him. So he, he, he took those, uh, those measures, which is sad, and it's, unfortunately it's really common. Um, you know, um, there's there's so many fathers that uh, that are out there that uh, that can't see their children, and uh, I know, um, uh, like I suppose, fortunately for me, uh, I didn't have to experience that, but I know the struggle of a lot of guys that I've um, I've had contact with that have gone through that, and the pain that they've actually gone through has been significant. So you would have had similar um, experiences when you sort of first split up, and uh, and there was trouble seeing your children. Yeah, and at the time, you know, we, we created a business together as well, you know, from the ground up, and that was uh, another child of mine, you know, um, you work a way to support the family and create a, create a business so that you can be with your family as much as possible, and, uh, and uh, yeah, so that was all, uh, you know, for better or for worse, ripped away from me at, all at the same time, so uh, not to mention, obviously, I had, had love for this woman um, at some stage in my life as well, so there was a few few issues that I had to touch on individually and then look at, you know, why they're showing up in my life and, mm. and um, if there's anything that I could have done to prevent uh, these things from occurring, um, and hopefully from my story, I can you know, inject some sort of... Uh, uh, a, a beacon of light or hope to people that are in a similar sort of uh, scenario to go okay well there is actually something that i can do and there are people out there that are willing to help and assist yeah, yeah so, awesome mate. Mm. um just a couple of things that come to me then obviously as, as a male like we see our role as being the protector but also the one that goes out and earns the money and so forth and we get really connected to that like you know the the, the identity of being the provider and uh the financial outcomes and I don't know me personally I was continually trying to chase more money consistently and uh, and that really destroyed me uh, from from being who I really was you know uh, and I know that story is really common um, you know in most guys and when you've got children involved you want to try and do the best for them and you know, give them material assets and that sort of stuff um, you know that's important but also the, the love aspect's more important at the end of the day you know so um, you know really uh to to have that connection with your kids is is key but when you're working away a lot and you're, you're putting everything into um into providing yeah you know, you're not having that access we sort of get into this funny loop of reality which is not quite real at the end, at the end of the day mm, mm, mm. yeah yeah did you find you were you were like that uh well at for, point? for me 
I I took a stance to create a sort of lifestyle that I wanted and that was to work six months of the year and spend time with my family six months of the year. So you, you hear the even time roster getting thrown around a lot and yeah. so I studied and worked really hard to be able to access something like that and um, so that I could, you know, spend the time with my family and, and that and um and the you know, the the money was was enough to support the family whilst I was at work and not at work and to start a business which obviously would have given us the ability to spend more time together mm-hmm. and um and take that business where we needed to take it. Um and so the the drive around that was spend time with the family. Um and I really took a lot of you know, a lot of pride in the time when I was away I was back at home and, you know, taking the pram and taking mm. them down to the beach and that and mm. and uh you know, spending time with them even when they're crying out they only want mum at that stage mm. and it's just, you know, it was it give me some other sense of purpose. And I think that the sense of purpose that I'd experienced through being a father um, especially to, to twins that were surprise twins, which is another mm. story. Mm. Um, that sense of purpose um, was just something that just expanded my, I guess, involvement in the community or my family community and my unit and gave me a sense of this, like, yeah, okay, sweet, I've got these beings to look after now and that's mm. my purpose and my drive and my goal and and you do that the best way that you can that you've been trained to through your experiences yes. and yeah. and whoever has come before you and all the rest of it so yeah. Yeah. um to to actually analyze that and go this is actually the lifestyle that i want for my family um and to to go for it you know 100 percent and and when i went for it and it was all there and it was happening and it was vibrant and it was all it was it was beautiful and and then like like that gone um and that was uh you know that was near the beginning of covid and um we were in uh, new south wales just across the border from the gold coast and um she decided to go closer to her family with the twins which were up in cairns so um really big stretch to to sort of do it and then obviously i had to figure things out from there so um really grateful that I, I we ended up getting a lot of rain a lot of rain which um allowed me to spend a lot of time inside um and um my my at home job at the time was um was fixing and repairing boats and i uh, couldn't do that outside because of the weather and so i picked up a didgeridoo and um started learning that and that's the thing that saved me yeah literally did, saved me yeah. did you have like sort of suicidal thoughts in that at the time no it was more sort of around what the crap just happened mm, yeah. what the crap just happened where did my family go mm. what's my purpose now mm. you know how old were the kids then one uh two yeah two. Yep. yeah right yeah, so they've just turned four um last week yeah yeah jesus okay yeah. so yeah so things were good one day and the next they weren't yeah and you know in hindsight you you pick it apart and you go oh maybe if I did this or said this or or the, I'm, I'm very intrapersonal like yeah take a what did I do to create that yeah um and yeah. so I look at how how I was to 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 allow that to eventuate and what I did if I could have done anything different 
Um, and, you know, obviously without the correct guidance and mentors and, and things like that at the time that I was going through that or, mm. or even any direction. So, mm. um, you know, for the people that don't have that guidance and mentorship, the, um, the, the direction to, to maybe do this a little bit differently, if that happens, then, you know, there's, there's a lot of support that needs to happen, I, th- I feel, around that. Um, mm. And I was just grateful that I picked up the didgeridoo and then just got surrounded by a, a group of brothers that were all learning how to play the didgeridoo at the same, same time. time. So. It is really important. <clears throat> like, we'll talk about like, guys getting stuck in that while we're, while we're here, but, but certainly you can go into depression really quickly and, and I always talk about being at the bottom of the pendulum. Yep. So you get stuck at the bottom of the pendulum and that's when, that, that takes us to like there's no way out of this. Everything gets like really, um, really, really dark and that's when the suicide thing pops up, mm. you know. But uh, primarily if you're able to give yourself a distraction like you did mm. and then put energy into that, mm. then things that are playing out that are out of your control usually just play out. Mm. But if you're forcing them in your mind, there's nothing you can really do about it. And when, when that's actually happening, um, uh, you know, we're only, we're only putting a lot of trauma into ourselves. I think the, the, the big thing we're going to be able to do is, is um, yeah, you're right, connect more with others, mm. but learn to let go when things are out of our control. Mm. Because when we're trying to control things, that's where we end up with issues like, you know, the fella, Darren, that uh, you spoke about before. Was it Darren from locally here that took his life, you know? And, you know, I know there was lots of frustration and everything around that, but, geez, what, what do you do? Like, you know, he's got such love for his kids as you did. Mm. Um, you were just fortunate you took another, another way, whereas he maybe just got stuck at the bottom of the pendulum, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you use the analogy of the, of the pendulum and, you know, like uh, things come and go like waves in the ocean mm. and it's up one day, then it's down the next and... And I, I guess it's it's in those down days that we really get to see who we are, and um, like you said, rather than control it, um, let it go and, and and allow what needs to happen to come through. And and so that's essentially how I found the ditch is I, I let mm. had to let go of the the controlling thoughts that I had for myself and making things worse and all the rest of it for myself. And then the ditch just showed up. You know, mm. it was like one of them things. It was like a like some people go to drugs alcohol sport you know swimming um even some people have an unhealthy relationship with some healthy aspects of life um and you know i see the didgeridoo as it was a habit for me it was it was an addiction um and i'm just so grateful that i found the, the bottom of my breath at it and uh and was able to to transform a lot of energy that was stuck down there and uh did, did you find when you first started playing it, you judged yourself and you thought, oh, you're not good at it, but then eventually, like, you started to get uh, a connection with it and things started to get better for you? Yeah, yeah, it, like, it is one of those things, you know, with all the stress in, in environment and community and work and all the rest of it, we, we tend to breathe in our chest, and, mm. which is where the stress gets stored mm. um, in, the, in between the shoulder blades and that, and, uh, and then really coming back into the breath in the lower, lower belly and... Yeah. And fortunately, I was, um, you know, a spear fisherman diver as well. So, uh, learning how to breathe was uh, was a big part of it. Yeah, you you, so. you understood, like you know, like you had some awareness around around that connection. But the thing is, I didn't know why. I knew how to breathe, I just didn't know why. Yeah. And yeah. 
and that's just been the journey for the last two years and mm. now I think I'm getting closer to learning why so yeah, right <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. yeah. it's been a bit of a saviour for you yeah and you know I, I had to go to the, the, the doctors and, and stuff and try and figure out what was going on because I had this response when I would try and go back to work my whole body was shaking and shutting down and I literally couldn't do anything I remember being up on top of a ladder and this thought came in and poof it it's like a lightning bolt hit me and I fell off the ladder you know um, luckily I landed on a uh, soft pad that I put down there beforehand uh, to do some work under a caravan you know and it, it was just happened to be in the right spot I was like thank you you know thank you for putting that there yeah. it was nuts man and you know when it's all I, I literally couldn't get from here to here without having like a panic attack or something you know so this, happened, this was all caused from the separation of the kids and there was a, there was yeah. actually a couple other things as well after that so there was a, a, a bit of a flood scare where I was and um, the police ended up shutting down the road um, so my where I worked was right where they shut down the road but the flood the the roadblock was two kilometers down the road um, and so I went and spoke to the police and I was like, hey, I just need to get there. That's where I work, you know, to conduct my business so that I can support my children. And um, they had a roadblock there. And instantly I went, can't support my children. Oh, no, right. You know, the provider aspect of me just freaked out. Yeah, yeah. So I obviously, yeah, that, that was another part of it, you know, playing on. And then that set me into this anxious spin and, and I... I you know, I was calling men's helpline and Beyond Blue and all the rest of it. I didn't actually get anywhere with them because they're like, oh, you know, can't help you sort of thing. So Shit. ended up going to the doctor and he's like, look, we'll get you checked out. And um, and that, and uh, yeah, it turned out it was just an, an, an acute response to stress yep. um, that, that sent the, the body into shock, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, it's common, makes sense too. Did you did you deal with that like through the through the didgeridoo then or did you take other, other correct forms? yeah yeah so correct so um I had my first personal I guess you could call it healing experience with a didgeridoo up in Port Douglas a few years beforehand and um, knew that it you know it could have been possibly something that could help me so when I start when I actually learnt the circular breathing part of it after a couple of weeks of just inside every day because it was raining, practicing. And then I'm sitting there on the on the cushion as you do, looking outside and depressed and all the rest of it because I don't have my kids and I'm just playing the didgeridoo, trying to get rid of all these thoughts. Next minute, my whole body shakes. And I, I don't know what happened, but I access something in my nervous system and I'm almost like shaking and it sort of, after that, it all just came out. And then I was like, what the crap just happened? Mm-hmm. Talked to my dig teacher and that, and you know, then I realized that you can heal yourself with the vibrations and the sound yeah. and, and the breath and access the sympathetic nervous system and yes. the parasympathetic nervous system. And, yeah, yeah. and then I got, right, there's something in this. Um, and I obviously picked up the didgeridoo for this reason. Mm. So I'm gonna follow it, mm. yeah. Unbelievable, yeah. amazing. And, and isn't it like, isn't it like this is probably a key key um, part of this conversation too is isn't it funny how when we take a, a pathway when we're in a stuck emotion like that how we're actually being shown something 
and how what that actually is is going to be part of us, you know, as we mature as men uh, and, and what that can actually do to help us through life at the end of the day, you know. So usually when, when I'm faced with a challenge, I, I always sort of say, what's this trying to teach me? Mm. You know, so if you've got that mindset of, uh, of something coming from, from uh, adversity, then usually something will appear like that. And then, you know, that's what you, you're being shown which can really help you move forward, you know. Mm, mm. It's being able to, like, to, to let go. If you can learn to let go and surrender more, because a lot of those experiences were out of your control, okay, I let go, and then you see what pops up. Because when we're in our stuck mind, we don't see what's popping up. You know, it's not actually um, uh, conscious to us. Mm. When, when things arrive, but if, as soon as you can learn to, to, to let go uh, of that attachment, um, you know, as much as possible, then, then things usually open up for you or they can open up for you like it did for you. Yeah. yeah amazing, mate. Yeah, definitely. And, and then, you know, you get into a whole other realm of, you know, there's, like, there's the sound healing and the, the vibration. There's all these different healing modalities and breath work and, and, and ancient stuff. Stuff that was around when, you know, basically dinosaurs on, on the planet or something, you know, yes. like it's, so I think coming back to that purpose-filled community aspect where, you know, essentially men have a purpose, if they're with their partner or not, you have a purpose and for whatever reason, whatever that is, um, like you said, if you just let go of the control, the, the answer will, will come. Yes, yeah. that's right. But, but see, that ancient wisdom, mm. like you just mentioned, is really needed in modern times like this, right? Mm. So this is everything that was created for us to do. Mm-hmm. These things just appear and we're actually like in tune with what, let's use the freaked out word of the universe, but that's what the universe is trying to, to teach us. Mm. When we're getting in the road and our mind's dominating too much, we're not allowing us access to that. Mm. So, you know, to be able to use the the sound current, the frequencies, all those sorts of things to help heal you is really key. Mm. There's lots of uh, make-believe, um, you know, things we go to like alcohol and that sort of stuff, which can just mask an emotion. But if you can do things like to say, well, is this going to grow me or is this going to take me the other way, you know? It's hard to do that when you're really stressed, stressed and anxious. Alcohol's easy. You know, we can, we can quickly go to that. But, uh, but yeah, like, think about yourself as more than your identity, Ben Jones, Mm. or whoever you actually are, you know, as an individual or someone listening to this, like, you're a human at the, at, at, at the end of the day. What does mm. a human need to do to heal? Mm. You know, and what are, mm. the, what are the, the, the key lessons uh, that have been known throughout time to be able to do this? Mm. And go back to that, and nine times out of ten, that technology is pretty well right mm. on the money, you know. Mm. Um, mm. A lot of the things that we've been um, introduced to are, uh, are foreign to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of those things, um, you know, disrupt our nervous system at the end of the day. But there's some things which harmonise our nervous system, like, you know, yeah. what you've, you've been able to become connected to. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, that's technology which, um, you know, is meant for us rather than, you know, false, I guess, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so everything happens for a reason, mate. Yeah, yeah, it does. And then you, you go into this realm of the, you know, the, the ancient techniques and the wisdom and all that. And you go, what the crap is that again? You know, it's like, mm. Mm. so you, 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 you tend to start listening more. Um, mm. And we talked earlier as we're taking a walk around your beautiful property here and, uh, you know, we're talking about listening to the birds and, and when they wake up and which bird wakes up first and sends a message to the other bird and that and 
and I guess yeah, coming from the city aspect, you don't really get that. That um, yeah. Yeah, mate, and, and you know, getting back to the core of it as well. Like this is why uh, this conversation is really important. Is we need to be able to form a collaboration of guys like yourself that are going through this stuff because mm. you know, Darren would have felt fairly isolated. You would have felt fairly isolated at, 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 at its infancy as well. There's a lot of single fathers out there that do. Mm. You know? But I guess the more, you know, the more we can actually start to collaborate and communicate more and more and support each other, mm. I think that's really key because you know, let's, let's face it, guys don't really get... Uh, much support when we go through the judicial judicial system and things like that when decisions are made it's usually for the the lady um, you know primarily but um, you know and that that can be really difficult for a guy to deal with if you get to that stage now hopefully a lot of relationships don't get to that stage where you can work it ourselves but Mm. um, but yeah I just think there's going to be more collaboration uh, Mm. with with single fathers to be able to support one another Mm. you know more and more in the future so you know what you've gone through is probably a are really, um, you know, another key thing in, in your life and your and your direction to be able to maybe, you know, support more as well, uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and, you, you know, you, you touched on it. One of the biggest keys that, that has helped me through this process, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm just still in the thick of it, um, but, you know, you touched on something there. It's like, how, do, how does this benefit me? It's like, um, you know, what is this teaching me? How does this benefit me? And so I kind of look at that, and I take it another level, another step, and say, how is this benefiting my children? Um, me not being able to see them has got to be benefiting them in some way. So what way is that? And then I look at the, to- the time that I've got and I can go, okay, sweet. So when I do get to see them, I'm going to be this person rather than this person. So what can I do um, here now? What can I do to get to there? Yeah. I, can, I can listen more. I can do more breath. I can fix my issues, my traumas, my mm. beliefs, all the rest of it, get to that state, that level that these children are going to need a, a, a protective provider father that has a purpose. Mm. And so what can I do to get there? Yes. And yeah. I think, you know, getting in groups and, and men's circles and, mm. and just leaving all the baggage and just being in those circles, uh, Leave all your preconceived ideas about, you know, men talking to men. Leave those out the door because yes. they're not welcome. Yeah. You know, let's chat and, and yes. say, how yeah. are you? Yeah. Like, Agreed. You know, yeah. isn't it funny as men how we, we put on this mask mm. and we have this, like, boundary, barrier around us. Mm. But you know when you come to these circles, like, how re- re- refreshed you feel when you leave. Yes. Because you've, you've had the ability to be able to listen. Mm. Felt, like, uh, compassion for mm. others and yep. compassion for yourself. And then it's like a bit of a cleanse for you, and and that's what we need to do more often as guys. Yeah. We've got to we've got to have that vulnerability to mm. to, to let go of what our stereotype beliefs things things are because mm. we are meant to collaborate and be compassionate to one another and and you know be content and considerate and all those sorts of things, not judge and compare and all that stuff which we do a lot to ourselves. You know, so the first step is to walk in the door and, mm. um, yeah, just, just just be open to listening because, yeah, look, you know, I'm, I'm a bit older than yourself, but, but my upbringing was just very much about self-protection and, and judgment and self-judgment and all those sorts of things. And that's really difficult for, for a guy to, to understand and deal with, you know, mm. and mm-hmm. it takes a lot of work to be able to clear that, mm. you know, but the first step is to, to, to go to an experience like that where you realise that there's a lot of people like you that are, 
going through the same stuff and mm. then you can start to work towards opening it up you know yeah. or even yeah, if there's no mentor you know saying like if their story is quite similar to yours and they did X, Y, Z, and that's mm. the result they got, you can either choose to do the same thing or do something different. Yes, that's you, right. There might be a, a pathway now, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're always looking how, to, how can we, you know, men, what's the solution? How can we fix it? You know, all the rest of it. So yeah. we go, okay, sweet. So if, if that's what, it, you know, if that's what the brother did to get to there, maybe I can do the same. Yes, 100%. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that, that's the whole idea of, you know, the men's circles, but also the single dad possibility of doing that mm. you can you can give that lived experience to others mm. that can actually like empower them mm. because we we feel disempowered when we're on our own and uh, when we go and maybe seek clinical advice sometimes the pharmaceutical option is okay but it's not really empowering us you know we need to be able to be empowered to move forward and mm. and grow within ourselves and and you 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 you, know, you beautifully said to be able to use that um that period to 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 to, to experience self growth, mm. you know, to be able to let go first and foremost, and, and and decide that I'm going to I'm going to do something to better myself through this period is really key. Mm. Otherwise, you can go the other way really quickly. You know, and yeah. that's that's easy to do that, but sometimes we've got to show up and uh, and you know say we've got to, got to do some work now. Mm. You know, and usually that work results in you know new mindsets uh, and new things opening up for us. You know? mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. Amazing, mate. Um, it's interesting, you know. Um, you know, having two twin girls, uh, you know, and being in a in a family where you've got three girls because you've got a partner and you've got you know two girls. You're the only masculine, uh, I suppose, uh, um, you know, person in that in that environment. Did you find that you softened quite a bit when you had daughters? A hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, we we didn't. Yeah, through our beliefs we didn't t- get the sex of the baby and that and um and we didn't even get scans uh to 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 see um because there's a chance that it could inhibit the brain development and that so when the first one come out we were like beautiful little girl you know like born into my hand you know super tiny thing you know that i created and uh, because it was a 72 hour labor it was pretty intense um we, you know, because it was two in there, but nobody knew. Um, the doctors wanted to check over it and that, and so the protector just comes straight out, and it's like they're shining the light in this thing, and I'm making sure they're not sticking any needles in it and that. And um, then I hear in the corner of my ear, "There's another one." I looked over to my partner at the time, and she's you know half dead, covered in blood and all the rest of it. She puts her two fingers up and goes, "We got two Right, instant change. But the other one came out and she was purple, not breathing. So straight, the, they asked if it was okay and put the tubes down there and all the rest of it. And something came over me and was like, she gonna be okay, she gonna make it. And um, so I ripped the shirt off and got the skin to skin contact with me um, while she had the tubes on it because it's like pretty important. Um, and then, um, yeah, she went to ICU. And I just sat with her for, yeah, all night. It was four hours after she was born. And she got the tubes in her throat. And she started, like, gesturing to get the tubes out. You know, this thing's only four years old. And I asked the doctor to come over, have a look. And she goes, um, oh, wow, like, it does want to get the tubes out. There's nothing else coming out. So they took the tubes out. She took her first breath by herself. 
you know, the breath of life, you know, she got the strength to do it. And she instantly started going into a push-up, like, had, had amazing strength, could breathe by herself, was, you know, almost dead a couple of hours ago, so. When you said four years, you meant four hours? Uh, four hours, yeah. yeah. And so I spent the next, you know, 20 hours with her in the ICU, just on my chest, you know. Mm. Um, and, yeah. I, I fought tooth and nail to get them out of that hospital um, because of my own beliefs and, you know, they they wanted to call Child Protective Services on us and that and um, and I'd, I'd seen it before, you know, like um, my dad was a real estate agent so I, I saw them using the fear-based tactics to try and keep us there and that and we knew that we had all the support we needed, we could monitor the kids and they were healthy. Um, we got the, we even got, allowed them to get blood tests. So, and I said, "There's what's the reason for you trying to keep us here?" And they couldn't give us a clear reason. And then they said, "I can't let you go. We're going to call child protective services." Because you didn't get all the, the treatments like they wanted, or because we wanted to. It was it was Christmas Eve. We wanted to go home and spend oh, Christmas as a family. Oh, um, and the mum had just been through seventy two hours of yeah. intense labour, yeah. two and one two minutes on, one minute off her yeah. contractions and that, and um, they didn't let her sleep or nothing. She just knew, and she couldn't, because the colostrum that comes out at the start to, to service the babies, to give them the nutrients and the vitamins that they need instantly, mm-hmm. she couldn't, because she was in so much pain, she couldn't go from the maternity ward into ICU, because she had the other one with her. Mm. So she's like, it's not working for me, we got to go home, we got all this support and that. Mm. And... Um, so then they got all the count, all the uh, counselors and the consultants, and that. Basically, I got to the last big boss of the hospital, and um, they said we're going to call the child protective service. You can't take these kids. And I said, you show me where the law is that says that we can't take these kids because all they need is their mum, and you know it. And um, and then uh, yeah, I managed to get a, a doctor on board with us and said, can you get us the discharge papers, please? These kids need their mum. And she said, look, yep, okay, we'll do it. So that was, you know, that was 23 hours after they'd been born. So 72 hours up until then, another 23 hours. And then we got to spend Christmas Day as a family in bed. Yeah, because... And that's the instant, you know, protective provider that can do anything for my kids, you know. So, um, and, you know, that softened me like nothing else. Mm, You know, mm, know, having mm. to change change uh you know sometimes up to 30 nappies a day mm-hmm. um two, and, yeah, two kids yeah. and we didn't go the instant you know um throwaway nappies we went the cotton nappies yeah, right so right. it's like hand Wash washing it. them and yeah, that right. and, uh, and you get to you know you get to another another aspect on it because there's two of them and yes. uh, one will wake up and then yeah. go to sleep and the other one will wake up and yeah. you don't get so any much. sleep yeah. and yeah it's yeah. it was such a yeah. great experience yeah. like i'd do it again in a heartbeat yeah. you know amazing mm. isn't it interesting though like i just as you're saying that, like I remember when when I was uh, a father for the first time, like uh, I was I was really connected to my sleep. I needed my eight hours sleep, and that you know, and it wasn't happening. And I used to get like frustrated, and I'd wake up and I'd be grumpy and all that sort of thing. And and it took me a long time to get used to like you know that. But luckily, Sam settled down. But but primarily, um, yeah, when no one teaches us to be a father. You know, no one actually gives us the uh, the awareness around it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really important for new dads or expecting dads to go to prenatal classes. I think they're called. 
um, mm. so you can learn some of the, the, the you know the skills and what what might pop up. And, mm. But that's the support network in itself. You know, mm. if you've got a few dads that have come to that, you can talk to each other. But mm. um, but yeah, mate, uh, what an amazing experience. You know, like to mm. have two two girls like that. Mm. You know, in one go without even expecting it. It might have been uh, like some preparation for one, but then you've got two to deal with. Yeah, and that was always, you know, the kind of the, I guess you would call it the deal with the ex-partner was she only ever wanted one kid. Mm. And I said, nah, we got, we, you know, it's got to have a friend. We've got to have two. Mm. And um, <laughs> so she got the one birth and I got, we got the two kids. So. Yeah, unreal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, incredible, mate. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. She, um, so obviously you separated with her yep. the two years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, was that coming for a while, or did it happen like it sort of? Yeah, I was obviously naive to the fact that it was coming, um, and didn't see the signs. Uh, Obviously, in hindsight, you can see them, but uh, I couldn't see the signs, and um, just figured we'd work everything out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, find solutions and work it out. But you know, one party can want to work it out, and the other party can not want to work it out. Or. You know, or then you've you've both got different perspectives on how it's supposed to be and how it's going to work and all the rest of it. So, and that's all it comes down to is different perspectives, you know. And then, uh, you know, then there's stories and everybody's got a story and then there's two sides to a story and all the Mm -hmm. rest of it. So, you know, you can look at, you can look at one thing one way and then it looks completely different from a different perspective. So, When you, when you split up, like how long was it until you got to see them again? Um... After everything, like uh, it was, it was ruthless. So because I couldn't work, the the physicality of it and the the mental stress, the acute stress that I was under, to having the anxiety attacks and that, um, I lost all my jobs that I had. Um, COVID shut down the borders. My clients couldn't cross the border. To, to do anything I couldn't get any any other work and that and uh, I lost you know everything mm. yeah lost the car lost the house lost everything and then um, managed to just oh, pull something together and got myself a van and travelled up to see them um, I think six months later yeah because um, that's all I wanted to do was mm. just see the kids you mm. know mm. be with them and uh, so that was six months and um, even that was hard, you know, like you, you have other traumas and then, you know, she's yelling abuse at me for not being there for six months and all the rest of it. And and then you call me every no- name under the sun and sometimes the kids witnessed it and it's just not. And then you go, mm, maybe you need some help as well. So, yeah, you know, just find that compassion and hopefully that they can see that as well but anyway so that was six months after that and uh yeah then uh then i had to try and look for some work and uh nothing was happening so yeah nothing was happening for a long time ended up getting a, a whiff of some work possibly in uh in tinkan bay so i went from Cairns to tinkan bay you know, to sort out some work and uh, that didn't turn out to be as good as the person who sold it to me um, and basically I went even further backwards financially and mentally mm. um, still kept up with my ditch plan though mm. and then um, something just told me to get out of the area and this was on the 17th of I think it was just before the floods 
got out of the area of Tinkin Bay, went down south to the Tweed, and I was in Chindra. Then I heard it started raining up there, and, you know, gimpies underwater, mm. and I'm like, shit, lucky we got out of there. Um, and then I just just had this other, this other feeling that I was like, something's not right here. Uh, there's, there's a lot of rain forecast, and uh, we're in a low-lying area. Um, I'm just going to take some precautions. And next minute, that's when the Tweed floods happened and and then I lost everything else that I had on my tools and that um, that was stored down there. And uh, I literally had the clothes on my back um, after the floods. And, and then there was a little bit of support come through from the government, but definitely wasn't enough. And then, you know, no accommodation down there because the insurance companies weren't letting people go back into the rentals because of the mould in the walls and... Mm. Nobody had accommodation. There was no work, COVID, and all the rest of it. And uh, yeah, it was fucking hard, bro. So, um, and then after that, managed to get borrow my car car off my dad, and um, get up to uh, another whiff of a potential job um, in Agnes Water. And I figured, cool, that's halfway in between the Gold Coast and Cairns. Mm. I can stop in at Agnes Water and then pick up some cash and go to Cairns and and um, my car broke down in Miriamvale so I kind of got stuck in Agnes Waters and I'm, I'm pretty grateful for it so unbelievable <laughs> yeah. did you be able to get some work when you no so that turned out to be a big, big flop as well mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah it just gave me a, the ability to sit on the beach and yeah collect my thoughts and take the next step again and play some more ditch and, <laughs> and move through it all so. move through it all yeah. keep going you know because there's yeah. a couple of little kids that want to learn how to surf so yes yeah when was the last time you saw them so i saw them uh for their birthday it's just been last week and uh mm-hmm. went up to cairns and went and saw them and uh, i saw a couple of other things that i didn't agree with and i uh, heard a few things that i, I didn't really agree with either you know they were exposed to an environment that was um subjected to some illegal activities so I kind of just took it upon myself to um, yeah look at uh, asking them if they wanted to be around it anymore and they both said no so um, yeah I, I took the you know there's no court order in place uh, I, I tried mediation with the ex-partner there was nothing that I couldn't even contact her to get the chance to suggest mediation at this stage and and then um, she'd mentioned no he, her new partner had mentioned that the only way I could contact my daughters was through him. I said, that doesn't sound right. Um, and then so I gave him a call and we had a discussion and then I, and then he just blew up arguments, swearing and he ended up saying, I've been to jail, don't you know who I am? And yeah, putting all these mm. threatening... Okay. And I said, oh, that's not really a good environment for my daughters to be in. Um, so I, I asked them, like, if they if they felt safe with him and, and the scenario there and they said no dad like there's a big dog we're scared we're scared of that place and that so mm, I picked him up yeah I picked him up put him in the car and said right we're going to go see granddad and nana she hasn't they haven't met my side of the family so um, we went on the camping trip and said look I'm here to pick up the girls and and um, I wasn't to contact her from her wishes so I said let the family know that um, we're going camping and um, yeah, and then uh, then I had an order put on me to 
take the girls out of my out of my care down here in Agnes Water. So oh, shit. Yeah. No, but it's it's good now because it's in the court system because mm. otherwise I couldn't contact the mother. There was yeah. no way of me she wouldn't answer my calls or nothing like that. So mm. now now the courts have got it and um and I'm going through that scenario and I've got the the, the mentality of letting things go and take a deep breath and all the rest of it. So oh, yeah. I know it's going to work out best for the children and um, yeah because yeah, they've yeah. seen this thing happen hundreds of times so yes yeah mm. just just on that mate like you know another key to this chat too is obviously not wanting kids to be exposed to you know poor behaviours what in those infancy and formation years like that 100%. so you know how are you dealing with with them being out of your control but potentially in an environment which is not nourishing just like you said letting go um what can i do what can i do right now um and that's you know follow the paperwork follow the you know and continue with the ditch um send them my love and know that it's uh in the energetic space it's getting there and mm. and um you know sending daddy's protection so mm. connecting to the ditch again and, and and doing all the the sound work that i need to do and um mm. noticing that they are you know in that formative stage so everything that they're subjected to is like creating experiences that are going to be you know played out later on in life and Mm -hmm. so i kind of go yep this is just leading me down a path that i need to go down and rightly so because we bring an awareness to to the single dad thing and and how we can maintain our composure through you know some of the toughest things we've ever had to go through yeah you know in the last couple of years the fires and the floods and the covid and the jobs and the mm. housing and the and the children and cows and now, breaking down and- yeah <laughs> and then you just go no yeah. like no yeah, yeah. yeah. what can i do yes. right now yes what can i do right now okay take a deep breath yeah, mm. anchor that in. Yes. If there's anything that's showing up, do I need to express it? Can I find somebody to talk to? Yes. Um, and, and you know, sometimes it takes a group of men around a fire and you, you leave your inhibitions out the door and you just go in with 100% vulnerability and, yep. and share your experience, share your story. Yes. Yeah, 100%. It's important to do that because, as we've sort of touched on, like, Keeping that internal is not good for us. No. You know, uh, to be able to, to let that out is is really key. But, um, you know, mate, uh, you, you, you're right because it's out of your hands now and other people are deciding um, what's right is probably a good thing. Um, so, you know, if there's concern there where you, you're, you're worried about the children's safety, then that's going to be first and foremost. 100%. You know? so, so, yeah, so what's, what's actually occurred has probably been a positive thing. You know, at the end of the day, but um, but you know, for for anyone listening to this, um, you know, single fathers with all that different experiences, and mm. um, everyone's story is different. But mm. uh, but you know, and uh, but also common in many ways. You know, there's that there's an emotional connection you have with part of you which you want to be with, and mm. uh, you know, um, yeah, it's just trying to work out. So not so much work it, but just let it um, let it work itself out. So that can that can best be you know um impacted by yourself and and, and the children you know as, as life evolves you know 100 percent. what can i do now that's gonna assist the children mm. when i get to see them again yes that's right um, yeah and so yeah. And 
whenever that is and, and it could potentially be at the age of 18 mm. you know I've got to prepare myself for that mm. um, and and it could happen next week you know what I mean yes so, that's right yeah. uh, what can yeah. I do right now um, so that uh, when, I, when I do get to see my daughters again that um, that they're going to have an amazing time mm. yeah but to have that open mind is really important mm. you know because yeah if you if you get attached to a potential outcome, mm. this is going to happen. You know, if it doesn't happen, then all of a sudden, you know, you can slide downhill pretty quickly. But if you're open and you trust what what will occur, mm. if you've got the mindset, okay, well, it's not going to be now; it's going to be then. Uh, but it will happen at some point in time. You know, and uh, mm. and just be able to let go is is really key. And that's where mental health declines considerably because we're you know we've got an expectation yep. and that mm. expectation isn't met that's when you know we, we struggle and mm. that's a trap for us you know for, mm. for guys being being able to um you know focus too much on an expectation when that doesn't play out then you know um it's it's difficult for us but i just reckon um what we can take away from it from this conversation is you know potentially like exploring more of a dad's network i'm sure there's bits and pieces, mm. pieces out there yeah but you know would, would that be something you'd like to do to be able to help other fellows that are going through the same thing look mate um like you said i 100 agree with that non-attachment perspective um and i'm definitely not attached to uh any outcome at the moment because i know what's best for the children is going to happen mm. um and I'm still not even attached to that. Um, mm, but mm. like you said, uh, I'm not attached to the didgeridoo. I'm not attached to single fathers and I'm not attached to any direction. It just seems to all be happening and pointing in that direction. You know what I mean? Yes, so, yeah, yeah. Um, and if my story can assist anybody, you know, reach out, mm-hmm. like, give us a call. Mm. Um, if you've got a, even maybe some pointers or something that you know could be valuable to this conversation, let's open up the conversation. Mm. Let's leave our inhibitions at the door, and we'll, we'll say whatever we need to in front of the fire. So yes, yeah, um, yeah. Even like people will be listening to this from other states, and that like you know mm. just having that that conversation is important. You know, um, mm. like it's it's okay we can do the physical stuff around here, but the collaboration has got to be you know far more reaching and, and wide. Um, you know, as I mentioned, there's, there's probably things already going out there, but yeah. for someone listening to this who can hear themselves in you, mm. they could reach out to you and, and, and 100%. have a chat. Yeah, yeah 100%. And, and through the work that I've been able to do beforehand, it sort of prepped me for this at the moment yeah. um, and not be attached to an outcome, um, I think has been super key um, to that, but being able to navigate that space in a way that I can hold myself in a sense of calm yes. and state of awareness um, and not let the emotions control anything because uh, mm. we, we all know where that can, can yeah. lead to it. as yeah. an example as you know a couple of weeks ago losing mm. the brother and, yeah. and it's, I think it's important to know that like 21, 21 single dads a week and mm. you, you kind of just go um, that's a lot that's too many mm, I agree yeah, yeah one's yeah. too many yeah well there's not enough um being done about it mm. you know so this is the start of something being done about it potentially mm. you know uh, more and more and mm. there needs to be more support for it uh, from people that uh, you know that we serve to I mm. guess you know we, we pay taxes we do all these things but we need support from them to be able to function so we can 
achieve and contribute. Mm, Without yeah. that, then we're not we're not fluent as individuals, you know. Yeah. So there's got to be more support for mm. for 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 single fathers and for men in general, I believe, mm, because mm. we haven't been able to be given that or have given access to that. And that's why a lot of guys are confused. And that's mm. why a lot of guys, you know, unfortunately take their own lives because they haven't got the, the awareness, you know, uh, of, of themselves. And that's what's got to change. You know, mm. we're going to start to focus on that more and more. And I mm. believe this year things will start to turn. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's been like, you know, decades and centuries where, you know, guys have, um, have struggled in, in lots of ways, you know. Mm. But I just think mm. there needs to be a lot more attention for men and men's well-being moving forward because that's where, you know... Um, you know, I suppose real change can start to happen, and we'll ho- hopefully have less episodes of families splitting up and your situation occurring. And the other spaces is, you know, for young men to be able to have a good relationship with themselves before they get into a relationship. Hundred percent. Because you know mm. uh, that that's where things become fractured and dysfunctional. Because mm. um, we're looking outside ourselves for someone, and then we we don't find you know. Right. Um, uh, you know, happiness within ourselves, and that destroys relationship. When you've got kids involved, it's really difficult. And, mm. You know, that that's something that I think needs work too, to be able to put uh, time and effort into actually preparing someone for what um, is required to be in a relationship and mm. what's required to be a father and potentially mm. a husband and, mm. and that sort of thing. You know, mm. because we're just blindsided by it all. We've sort of been sold a story which we think um, right, and that's why you know so many people are fucking up with it. At the end of the day. Mm. Mm. Interesting, yeah. It it is, you know. There's there's a lot in terms of you know because I studied this, you know, I studied it all. I got into the brain development, the the, the relationship, the masculine, the feminine, the the male, the female, you know, the psychology behind who we're attracted to, mm. and I, I knew all this, but then the emotions kicked in and said. Mm. I'd obviously hadn't done enough work, you know what I mean? And yeah. uh, so there was conscious for us to have kids, you know. we I stopped drinking like probably eight years ago now. Um, got super healthy. We were on this health kick like nothing else. And, and um, you know, mindful awareness and yoga and breath work and, you know, doing all the stuff and, and um, preparing our bodies, our hearts and our minds so that we could produce some amazing children. Unreal. And... Um, but we didn't know how much more work we hadn't done yet. You know, there wasn't there wasn't like a, a gauging system saying, okay, you've, you've reached this level or you've reached mm. that level and you've reached that level. Okay, now you're ready for children. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah. do it and hope for the best. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah amazing. Yeah, mm. jeez. Yeah, There's been no manuscript really throughout time, has there? Nah, you know? nah, nah. And, and And see, like, let's face it, like, back in... Uh, 30s, 40s, 50s and 60s, couples stayed together because they just thought they had to. Now we've got the freedom to choose, mm. but I, I think we've got to ask about, we've got to really have this preparation uh, strategy put in place mm. because the educational system just really educates support the economy. Yep. There needs to be work there on mm. this sort of stuff mm. because I don't believe they know what they're doing with regards to this either. Mm. So it needs to be like a, a, a conscious effort to be able to help prepare men and women mm. or boys and girls on how to, to, to have a good relationship with themselves before they move into that space, you know. Uh, the world the yeah. world has got, in 1950 or 60, there was two billion people. Now there's, I don't know, seven or eight billion people. You know, so there's a lot more people on the earth, mm. yeah. And, um, you know, I dare say a lot of them are going to get in relationships which don't last. You know, it wouldn't make sense if we actually did things that actually 
helped improve and fix that mm. and to be able to produce better children which are more conscious and aware and you know uh, haven't got those traumas because we're dealing with the traumas before they happen mm. you know yeah, yeah. And, you know like with the connection with the didgeridoo and, and the connection to the indigenous culture here in Australia is um, it's, it's quite funny to see how things you know used to happen in the tribe and and uh, you kind of go maybe they had it right no doubt. Yeah. Maybe they were on the something, yeah. you know. Yeah. Rites of passage, men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, women do certain things, men do certain things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know this whole thing about equality and all the rest of it. Yeah, all well and good, but women are uh, were are made for a reason. Men are made for a reason, you mm-hmm. know. And bringing those two energies together to create the next generation. Yes. How do we do that most effectively and efficiently? Agree. That's yeah. right. Rather than worrying about the impact, you know, like the, the the taxation, the income we can get from them, you know, let's actually put energy to helping people be be, be proper human beings mm. or like great human beings, mm. rather than just uh, income generators that uh, feed back into a system. So you know, getting getting back to comments around the indigenous cultures, I believe yes, they were they were living with the energy of the earth. They were doing what they needed to do and what they were basically told to do from consciousness. Mm. You know, we've been told what to do from a colonial model, which is all about, you know, control, fear, force, all that stuff, which doesn't work. You know, and that's why there's so much trauma in the individual and that goes into the children and so forth. And this cycle continues, you know. So getting back to what those ancient wisdoms can actually teach us mm. um, is our birthright to be mm. able to do so. Mm. You know, I believe, unfortunately, the Indigenous culture in Australia has been, um, you know, kept away, pushed aside for reasons because their power is so much more powerful than the model that we're living under. You know, so I think the more we can actually do to connect to, to their, their wisdom and their technology will only help our mental health uh, and help us, you know, to be so much more better as humans, I guess, at the end of the day, mm. you know, and... Um, I think it's it's slowly emerging. There's there's things you know slowly changing in, in that yeah. space. But um, mm. but yeah, like you know the art the art of being a father. Um, you know that's 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 certainly hope that this conversation will help. Mm. Um, you know, and I believe you know now we're able to have these conversations openly and honestly that things will potentially um, you know change and, and this conversation mm. will hopefully. You know, shift um, someone that was, uh, you know, that, that's possibly in Darren's situation where they're confused and not knowing what to do, and the only option is to take their life. But, you know, I believe that that you know, that there's so much uh, wisdom from this conversation because you've been able to take a situation like that and take it into a situation of growth mm. um, as an individual, mm. rather than you know being depressed and, uh, and and getting stuck there. You know. What's this trying to teach me? What can I learn in this period and, and be able to come through it, you know? And also on another aspect is how does it benefit me? Yes, yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah. Look at the positive rather than the negative. You know? Yeah. Um, and then in a, not one step further, if the kids are, are already involved, you know, how does it benefit the children mm. uh, from right now? What can I do right now that's going to benefit the children? Yes, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's been my whole aspect on these last two years is you know, waiting for the right time to go up there and, have, and, and visit them and all the rest of it because mm. the, the financial thing just went out the door. Yes. You know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I, I'm, in the, I'm in the right mind, mind frame now to sort of, yeah, look at, yeah, 
working with what I've learned with the dig and um, and and a new modality in hypnotherapy, so I can, you know, essentially access those traumas that people have got, help them through it, and change those neural pathways mm. instantly mm. to create less damaging effects yeah. within themselves and the people around them. Yes, agree. Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely. You're right, and and we we talked about it this morning being able to like do little things by balancing the hemispheres in your brain mm. which can get you away from that stuck emotion to mm. do these little tools and things that can actually help you shift your energy mm-hmm. um, is achievable to us 100 yeah, percent. yeah 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 because yeah. when we're anxious or stressed or depressed we're in this tension that needs to be shifted mm. you know um and, and you have some really good ideas and and and, and knowledge around that yeah, I mean, you know, the science is in around, um, you know, connecting and balancing the hemispheres of the brain, uh, the left and the right hemispheres. And, and one of the quickest, easiest ways I've found to do that is, like you mentioned before, with the pendulum. Um, balance a pendulum in front of your face and pretend that the, the nose is the central axis of your body, the left side and the right side, and, and just watch it. And just watch it and take a couple of deep breaths. And notice within your within your within your mind within your body, notice anything that changes or anything that happens. And then also too, the breath is that acupuncture point GV twenty six, which is right underneath the nose there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can even press it and take a deep breath there, and that brings you back into the body, back mm-hmm. into the mind, mm-hmm. and back into the conscious breath. Mm-hmm. Um, stay focused. You know, you, you don't need to sit there for an hour meditating. You know, if you can, if you can learn these these effective tools, you can just go bang. Okay, balance the hemispheres of the brain. Get rid of that monkey mind and those external thoughts that are only making things worse. Mm, I know that's right. And then yeah. create from that space. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it amazing that we that we think that's normal or just being thinking and busy, but we can self-regulate by doing those simple things, mm. which can just bring us home more often, home. back to baseline. Mm. I always talk about getting back to your baseline. Mm. You know, find that baseline and, and know that's you. Mm. When you're distracted by all the stuff, you're, you're not in your baseline, but the more you can come back to that more and more, mm. um, the more you, know, you, you will be. You know? um, and, and everyone's walking this earth for, earth for a reason. I reckon we're all here for a purpose. Mm-hmm. We're just going to try and find that and the more we can come back home again then that actually appears will show us yeah yeah when we're trying to force it it just doesn't doesn't happen you know we've been trained to force Mm. uh, uh, force all these uh, outcomes in our life but you know if we get get back to our truth again that's our job in the future is to be able to teach more people that you know to be able to help them uh, connect with that Mm. and uh, you know then we'll have better mental health outcomes and you know um uh, you know, hopefully better relationships with their partners and to be less episodes of, you know, relationship breakdowns with mm. kids, you know, having mm. experienced this sort of stuff and that too. And, mm. you know, that's that's something that I believe is possible. Um, but, you know, we're just going to put the work in to do it and hopefully share with more people um, so they can, you know, hopefully have the conversations that we're having and mm. get to the stage where you are, where mm. you were, you know, stuck, but then you move through that stuckness to be able to find a tool and a vehicle to be able to move you through that. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's available to, to everyone you mm. know, at the end of the day. They'll, they'll always put ads on TV to tell, try and get us to drink and gamble and do all those things. You know, to be, to be awake of that and not take that pathway is um, is really important first and foremost but to try and find something that can grow you rather than take your growth the other way you know i think it's really key and mm. and humans we can get stuck on the easy path really quickly you know? and i think you know it, it is okay to say 
I don't got this. Yeah, you know, that's right. I, I don't yeah. have the answer. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. Let go of the control. Leave <laughs> your inhibitions at the door. It's okay yeah. not to have an answer. It is. But you know what, though? We're, we just think that we're... You get back to the protector, the provider mode, we're, we're, we think we want to know everything, yeah. but, but we don't. As soon as we start to realise we don't know everything and, and be okay with that, mm. that's important. Mm. You know, it really is, because we just... Yeah, it's just this bullshit system, you know, that we or this make-believe mindset that we have that we just think we've got to be the best or whatever and have all the answers, but yeah, it's, it's not, not what, what we're trying to be taught by all the ancient stuff which I suppose is more real than what we think is real mm. <laughs> at the end of the day you know? mm. how can um, I reckon you know some people listening to this might want to reach out and have conversations mm. with you possibly how can they get hold of you've got a website and that yeah I do it's called uh, ompassion.org and that's um, that's my hypnotherapy website that um, yeah you can reach out if you want um, there's a few tools and techniques on there um, daily planners and stuff like that mm. and um, working with the chi cycles in the body um, bring back in that present mind awareness in the body and that and um, so there's a good planner there that you can access and um, connect through that uh, so info at onpassion.com oh, oh, dot org sorry okay. yeah. yeah beautiful yeah. Yeah. have you even set up as a charity have you uh, no yep. yeah yeah but yep. yeah that's kind of the intention yeah yeah, okay. yeah good yeah. yeah I believe that sort of wisdom is a great it's uh, not my wisdom yeah no so, it's not no, no it's not but you know like yeah, certainly having having a vehicle like that that mm. people can access mm. you know as a charity would mm. be would be great mm. you know and if, if they're able to access that if they're not financial mm. you know uh, is a service to humanity mm. at the end mm. of the day because you know a lot of people particularly the ones that were at your stage where you had nothing mm. you know would need that support you know to be able to, to, to get guidance from someone like yourself is really important and, and that's why I wanted to touch base with you Aaron and, and love everything you're doing here with the Outback Mind and um, you know you touched on some vision that you've got for the future and that and it's, and it's so great to see that vehicle getting you know turning into a spaceship now it's just going to take off so yeah, yeah beautiful yeah. to be part of it well you know it's uh, look you know we, we don't we don't go into life with I'm going to do this I'm going to do that anymore I, I just have the mindset like I just do what I'm being told, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and when things come to me and I, I know that there's a need to do something, then it just happens. Mm-hmm. But if we force it and then we have the mindset of what's in it for me, then that's that's the, uh, a pathway to failure. You know, So I just believe that more guys out there uh, in Australia need uh, the ability to, um, to you know, collaborate and do all these things which can help us as individuals uh, mm-hmm. so we don't have the... Uh, the, the episodes that we have uh, with mental health issues and, and suicide, I, I think prevention is, is really, you know, mm. got to be the focus, you know, mm. because we have a reactive mindset and a reactive culture where we're waiting for someone to get fucked up and then we'll maybe do something. we just got a whole ass about. So this is my vision is to be able to do more prevention stuff. Really? So, you know, people don't, um, don't get to those sorts of, sorts of situations as often. Mm. We start to really work at reversing those statistics rather than actually like just accepting them mm. because it's just been the mindset of just being accepting and, and acceptance and it's not right and it's very similar to guys that are you know getting incarcerated uh i've got a lot of strong passion for that like guys that are getting incarcerated they're only just being punished because they've, they've acted on trauma which happened early on in their lives and there's no compassion for that 
So it's actually like work with, with, with that individual and help them you know, heal that and change that and that can only help them and help humanity at the end of the day, you know. So uh, that's why, you know, I believe this year and, and you know, you and I having these conversations, it's only going to strengthen the, the urgency for this to, uh, to, to occur because mm. the, the whole model and the mindset's been, you know, incorrect for a long time. You know, and, and I haven't, like, been evangelistic about this or... or want to try and force it or have an outcome. I just believe if you want to uh, have an impact in life, you've got to have a good relationship with yourself mm. and then potentially just put some energy in spaces where it's needed. And, you know, usually, you know, things work out the way they're meant to work out, you know. Mm. But if you've got a mindset where you're trying to, um, you know, just, just force outcomes, then that, that doesn't happen. I know how that... The, the, the decision making works and how the systems work and if you be evangelistic and you protest and you do all these things you're just pushing shit uphill but you just got to go about it from your heart and um, you know uh, try and do what you can within yourself um, to, to make changes and um, uh, you know so yeah so for me this charity is um, just um, just something which uh, I felt was needed to, to, to do to establish to be able to help you know regional men uh, to, to, to find um, some form of connection, but also to hear stories of people like yourself because there's lots of people like yourself that are you know, going through situations like you have. You know, mm. To be able to hear that can, can really help an individual you know, move through life a little bit more effectively and know that not going through something uh, themselves. Mm. You know? mm. So it's, that's you know, the, 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 the ideology and the, the foundation of it. And yeah, who knows where it will go, mate? We'll just, we'll just see, see what happens in the future. So. Mm. Mm. But mate, uh, it's been an awesome chat. Seventy minutes. Thank you very much. Beautiful. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Yeah. No worries. Likewise.